Hi, I'm Billy Shore. This is Add Passion and Stir. We are at our first Taste of the Nation event. After recording some 70 podcast episodes, we've never done one at Taste. And I've got a special co-host tonight, Tanya Nyack. Hey. Tanya, thank you for being here. You're, you're the MC of this event. I am. I'm so excited. I love doing this. It's my third year doing it. Well, we're going to have a fun night tonight because we're going to have various chefs and guests and people who have supported this event join us to talk about what's going on here, at least for the next hour. Uh, but Tanya, tell us, how, how did you get involved in the first place? You're a design expert. I you're, am. you got some amazing TV shows in which you talk about your work. But tell right. us how you got involved in this. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm a Boston girl, so there was a natural fit to being here in Boston and emceeing for Taste of the Nation here in Boston. I'm a restaurant designer. I'm a food geek. I have such crushes on every single chef that you have here every year. These chefs are amazing, aren't I'm they? I'm pretty sure I stalked Emily Ryan to please be a part of this. But you know what? I don't know how I got here. I'm just glad I am. Well, you've turned into a big part of it. And you're kind of like the, one of the faces of the event, oh, you know, thanks. now after three years. Can you tell us? I'm sure it's hard to pick among your children, but favorite restaurant design? Uh, was it one of your first? Sometimes that's the case. I know, or? Sometimes that is the case. You know, we just recently did one. My husband's a restaurateur as well. And we just recently did one called Yellow Door Taqueria, which is in Dorchester. And it's just this quaint, kind of like pretty little spot where you can go and just have amazing tacos. And, fre and it's not tacos like beans and that kind yep. of thing. You know, we've got our nice braised meats and uh, pickled. We, we do everything in-house. We make fresh masa tortillas every morning. So it's one of my favorites because the design is also something I was really passionate about. And your husband is a restaurateur or a restaurant designer? Tour. Restaurateur. So <laughs> yeah. owns restaurants. We have a few restaurants tell out us, here. Tell us. Tell us. Yeah, you want to hear? Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we have um, Abbey Lane across from the oh, Wang yes, Theater. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, we have um, Citrus and Salt, which is in Back Bay. Uh, in Dorchester, we have Lower Mills so, Tavern. So Citrus and Salt, is that the one with Jason Santos? It is. Yeah, we were just talking yes. to Jason because we love his restaurants. Yeah, he's a great chef. Um, okay, we're going to bring in Emily Ryan, yeah, who works with Share Our Strength and makes this event happen. And Emily's bringing us food. Yum. Emily, um, well, we'll wait till Emily's got her headset on, and we'll see what we've got here. I plan to taste a little bit of everything, everything. tonight. <laughs> right. Uh, Emily. Welcome to Add Passion and Stir. Thank you. This is so exciting. I've listened to it so many times, to be honest. It's you, so fun. You've listened to it. You've helped make a lot of them happen. Yeah. It's your first time on. I know. It's so and exciting. you look stunning tonight, by Thank the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God for makeup. <laughs> uh, Emily, this is one of the events I'd say that we're proudest of at Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign. It's just one of our most beautiful and high-energy dynamic events. Tell us what's going on here tonight at the Black Falcon Terminal in Boston. How many people are here? How many chefs are here? What's uh, What are the numbers? Sure. Um, we've got 1,500 people coming tonight, which is the most ever, I think the biggest taste event we have uh, across the country. And then we've got 60 restaurants, beverage vendors, we've got an army of staff. I like, what's the what's the analogy where the duck has like the, the feet kind of swimming <laughs> under? Yeah, it's paddling like under, on top. Like, on top. Hopefully that's what people are experiencing there. But uh, we've got a lot. This is the 30th year, which is really exciting. And uh, it's just a great atmosphere in there. You no, know, I love the fact that we're sitting right here watching all the people come in and getting on those pedicabs and so riding cute. right into the event. It's like such the grand entrance. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm at the Kentucky Derby right now with this <laughs> and we're watching people. It's great. Uh, and do you, uh, to get 60 chefs, is it hard to get them or is this the kind of thing that they all want to be a part of now? They all want to be a part. People start asking us tomorrow. We will get emails saying, can, can we save the date for next year? I mean, it's incredible. So we have a waiting list to get into the event. It's 
unbelievable. And, and do you think that's uh, partly just because of the energy they then? Is it partly because of the cause? What what draws them? Yeah, I think it's a lot of a lot of things. I do think it's the cause. You know, chefs want to feed people and they want to feed kids, especially. And when we tell them what we do, it's a no-brainer. But I do think there's a community in there. I was just telling someone, you know, just before the event opens, it's the hardest because all the chefs are hugging each other, going around trying each other's food, and it's really hard to get them back to their tables because they're <laughs> actually having so much fun tonight too. And there's other things going on here besides just chefs at their tables. I think one of the things that I love about this event is people who haven't been to it before think there's going to be tables with food on it, but they don't realize there's so many other kind of fun activities that I think are just an attraction. Can you describe some of those? There are, because at some point you can only eat so many bites, right? So we've got the best band, I think, in Boston called Eye to Eye. I tried to get them for my wedding. They were booked. They're amazing. Um, They're amazing. We've got uh, our take on the silent auction, which is what we call the giving tree, which is you make a donation of a certain amount and you get a gift back of that amount. So people love the lottery kind of of that, the excitement of that. Um, we've got sort of different vignettes that are different bar areas. We've got cornhole. I mean, we've got it all. <laughs> and the sun peeked through for us today. It was just We got lucky rain. on the weather. Yep. Yeah. And um, we've got a chef who's going to take your place at this table in mm-hmm. a few minutes named Tiffany Faison. Correct. Uh, who has a restaurant here called Tiger Mom and another restaurant called Sweet Cheeks. Yep. Uh, just tell us a little bit about Tiffany and then we'll let you get back to work. Yeah. I mean, Tiffany's amazing. She's a really powerful, strong female chef. She owns some great restaurants here in Boston. She was on, I think she first became a name when she was on Top Chef. Um, but she's been fantastic. She's doing a lot for us. She was thrilled to be on. And, you know, I think she really represents sort of female chefs really well. And so we're excited to have her. Uh, last thing I'm going to ask you, Emily, how does this event fit into Share Our Strengths uh, Taste of the Nation program? Is it one of 10? Is it one of 20? Uh, how different is it from some of the others? Yeah, I think the platform's probably about 25 events across the country at this point. This is one of our bigger, what we would call a flagship market, where we really sort of put a lot into it and like you were saying we've got a lot more than just sort of beverages and chefs is here but um, you know I think the platform as itself is just a way to bring our chef community together so it, again it's much more than just the event tonight it's what leads from here. I said that was last question but it's not. Uh, <laughs> one more. Uh, the money raised here tonight how, how does it get spent where does it go who does it help? So it's going to end childhood hunger what we do is we connect kids to the food that they need and the money raised here tonight is doing that. Um, there are kids all across the country that struggle with hunger and tonight's event helps that every dollar counts great thank you congratulations on tonight thank i'll let you get you so back much. to work thank you emily okay. uh, she has such contagious energy and i love working with her every year i know and think about 1500 people being here this is wow it. now we have some it. little bites of things to Ooh. eat i think i'm looking at some um well i shouldn't do this but i'm going to it looks like brisket <laughs> and it looks delicious with some cornbread what have you got there i think i got handed the right one for me this is salmon it looks like it's on a wonton chip of some sort it looks beautiful delicious every chef prepares something different often it's kind of like the signature item of their restaurant and um, people can't believe how much food is here you ready for the biggest crunch in the world yeah, let's try here, let's, listen let's to try. this okay go <laughs> okay. Well, that's a pretty good sound. Mm. Tanya, you're involved in a, a number of other things as well. You're very philanthropic. You use your platform to really give back to the community. I know that Smile Train. Smile has, Train, yeah. tell, tell us about Smile Train. Tell us about, I think, Habitat for Humanity is, a, is another one that I wrote down that you're involved in. Tell us about some of the other things that you're, you're doing. Yeah, you know, I, I always wanted to get involved with organizations that felt... A connection to me somehow and so smile train as you can see I'm a, a big smiler I love kids yeah I got to go to New Mexico I got to go to my homeland where I was born in Nagpur India 
to go visit these hospitals and meet these families whose children are born with cleft lip and, and cleft palates. And then Habitat for Humanity, I mean, I'm an interior designer, to be able to give back and provide housing for people um, that really want it, that really, they, they have to sort of, they don't just get it, hand it to them, they have to work for it and, and, and earn it, so to speak. And, and it's really, it's a nice, nice organization. And again, here with you guys, with No Kid yeah. Hungry, to know to, that we're, Feeding children here in America, it's its such a beautiful cause. So um, and what are some of your other responsibilities tonight at this oh, event? Well, I'll be emceeing. Yes. I will be eating a lot of food. <laughs> I'll okay. be, uh, you know, just kind of having fun, making, uh, I don't have to make sure anyone's having fun because everyone's having a good time. So I'm just here to emcee and keep the ball rolling. And Tanya, born in India, moved to the U.S. when, when you were how old? Oh, I was a couple of months old. Oh, so, really? Yeah. I'm a Bostonian. Do you get back to India? I do. I was just there a couple of years ago. I go back, I have a lot of family there, love the food, the culture, everything. I saw today, and it's probably premature to even talk about, but I just saw a grant recommendation come through our system. We do a little bit of funding internationally. We always have. And mm-hmm. When we first started Taste of the Nation, this particular event, some 25 years ago, we decided that about 10% of the proceeds would go internationally. And we didn't stick with that all the time, but now we're building that back and we're about to start funding a school meals program in India Get for the out. first time. Oh, you know? You know, the, the Ethiopian famine was the genesis for us starting Share Strength. So we'd worked in Africa and we'd done some work in Haiti and in Mexico. But I think we're about to make our first grants, fingers crossed, in oh, India on child hunger. Five. That's Isn't awesome. that great? That's fantastic. And I'm gonna, I want to make sure you know about it and that you're able to talk about it. Just, I you know, would just love given your that. Own, I would love that. Your own heritage. You know, one of the organizations that I was uh, affiliated with as well is um, Akshay Patra, and you you may be familiar with it because they, you know. That's I think that's what we're funding. That's what you're funding. That's what we're funding. That's it. Yay! Yes. See, yes. we have so. more in common than we even knew. <laughs> um, and we're being joined by Adam. Hi, Hi Adam. Billy Shore. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Tanya. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you, too. Adam, you have been a... Adam Amante, am I pronouncing your last name right? Amante. Amante. Adam Amante. You've been a sponsor of this event for many years, so I just have to start by saying thank you. I rarely even get a chance to talk to you, but I've heard so much about your generosity and your commitment to this. Uh, And Emily Ryan says... You're probably like the nicest guy in the entire building. And we've got about 1,500 people here, so that's pretty that's, good. That's saying a lot. I hope my wife's tuning in. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your business, your connection to this event, how you got involved. Uh, so CAFCO, um, we've been... Partic- this is your construction company. That's right. right. CAFCO Construction. Uh, and CAFCO's been participating with Share Our Strength at some capacity for I think, 12 years now. Started by buying tickets because we were interacting with our clients. We build a lot of restaurants in the city. You've probably built, I would say, 75% of the restaurants that are represented here. Name, name here some today. of the restaurants so our listeners will, will understand CAFCO's role in all this. What are uh, some of the restaurants that you've built? Nebo, Trade, Row 34, Island Creek Oyster, so a lot Hotello, of Flower. Great and beautiful restaurants. Yeah, yeah you did Loco, yeah. right, Capo. That's right. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a restaurant designer. We were just talking about it. I know you guys and your work very well. And how, how, how long have you been in this business? Uh, 12 years okay. at Capital. You build other things as well, I'm assuming. Uh, some hotel work and some residential private mm-hmm. schools. Okay, so the restaurant connection made this kind of a logical, philanthropic choice for you. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap with the restaurant community, and it's just, it's, a, it's an easy thing to get behind. Um, there's enough food out there. It's just, we need to help people facilitate it to the right, to the people that need it. 
And, and we have found, um, I'm curious if you've found the same thing in your work, although you have a different relationship with them than we do, but restaurateurs are just incredibly generous. You know, they're so many times their, their restaurant, like literally their building is an anchor in the community that they're in. And the more beautifully that they're designed and the better they're built, I think that's probably even more so the case. And so people think of their 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 go-to restaurant as part of their neighborhood, as one of their neighbors. Yeah, and I, th I think food in general, but restaurants create unity for people. Um, you know, I say, say a little bit more about that. That's a really interesting statement that restaurants create unity. I, I, I love the way you said that. It brings people together, whether it's at home um, with your family or if you're meeting friends out at a restaurant. And I think even now, people dine out so often where it's an opportunity to get together and, and talk and share stories. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot of unity from that. Um, yeah, I mean... I, is it hard for you to decide where to go to eat, <laughs> having it, built so many? It is, it is difficult. Uh, my wife and I also like to cook, so when I'm, I spend all week in the city and when we're at home, we, we, we do like to cook. Uh, but yeah, we, there's so many great restaurants in that room right now, and we like to check them all out. So, Tanya, which of um, the restaurants that Adam's company has oh, built are, are among your favorites in terms of design? That, which is your expertise. Well, that's a tough one to say because so many are, are favorites of mine, but I love um, Loco. I know you guys did Loco, right? Row 34 is another favorite. Um, Nebo. I mean, I, I trade the Jody Adams. They're all dear friends of mine. I love going in there. So I know that that feeling that you must have when you develop these relationships with the restaurateurs, you develop that connection with the spaces. But then in addition to what you're saying, one of my favorite feelings in the world is to see people come together and enjoy a meal in a space that I got to design or that you got to build. You know? Yeah, to, to see a space go from an empty shell in eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks and, and all of a sudden it's a dining room full of happy people sharing stories and eating yeah. great food. Um, it's great. So Row 34, are they in Portsmouth, they New are. Hampshire also? Yeah. And you, did you build that one we did. as well? Oh, I didn't oh. know that they had another one. Good yeah, yeah. there's a, um, one of the real estate developers in Portsmouth is a guy named Jeff Johnston. Yeah, I know Jeff. Do you know Jeff? Yeah. He's here tonight. Oh, Our great. kids go to school together. And uh, he's trying to get us to do one of these podcasts from Portsmouth, which we're going to do. I think in the there's a historic uh, uh, music uh, hall or mm -hmm. opera house, uh, and, we're, and we're waiting to find a time to do it from there. But, um, but he's bragged about, you know, the restaurant scene in Portsmouth just gone crazy. Yeah, and I think Row 34, um, they saw that opportunity up there and got in right at the right time, and it's really starting to boom up there. Oh, it's similar to Portland, Maine. And what's the geographic footprint for your uh, company? We'll go wherever our clients want us to. <laughs> oh, sorry, are, we, we, are, are you right mostly now, in New England? Or? We are mostly in, in, with, within Boston. Um, you know, we used to, Capco used to travel years ago, and we've, uh, we tend to work for more independent operators. Um, and we've been fortunate enough to stay busy right here at home. Uh, but when Row 34 asked us to go to Portsmouth, we were happy to do that. And we're looking at some other opportunities outside of Boston right now. Adam, how many years have you been with CAFCO now? Uh, Twelve. Twelve years. You're so young. You look so young. You <laughs> look too young to be in there for 12 years now. And then it, where you were at another construction company before that, right? I did, but a uh, different type of construction. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, since you're both veterans of these Taste of the Nation events, um, I think you've said seven years uh, maybe at this one, Adam, uh, coming to or, uh, or sponsoring? No, no uh, sponsoring, yeah. Five or seven years I think we've been sponsoring, and we had a crew that used to hang the signs every year. Um, and then I think dating back to when it was at the Heinz Convention Center. 
Oh, wow. Okay, a, so, yeah. We had a whole team of capital people that would attend that, too. And, Tanya, this is your third year emceeing. Any advice on a strategy for an event like this? Obviously, you've got to pace yourself with 60 restaurants here, but how, how do you approach it? I always recommend doing a quick walk around, right? Because everyone tends to start off with the first ones at the door, but some of the great ones are way, you know, at the end of the, the space, so do a walk around. Yeah, create your, t create your top five list. Yeah. Before you <laughs> oh, and I would also encourage people to, if they can, if they have the time to chat with the chefs, that's my favorite part of coming here, chatting with the chefs, meeting people, and just seeing, you know, money being raised for these, these kids. I'm so glad you said that, Tanya, because I think for the chefs, it's important for them to know that uh, they get goodwill from this, that their customers appreciate them being here. We've heard many, many uh, examples of somebody meeting a chef at, a, at one of these taste events and then, you know, making a very intentional choice to go back to their restaurant. And, you know, I think people are... Um, you know, in a world where it seems like there are so many challenges to know that there's a solvable problem like childhood hunger and that there are people who, in addition to all the other work and responsibilities they have, are dedicating themselves to solving it. Um, I think people get really inspired uh, and gratified by that. And I just become a total... I told you this before we, we got on here, that I am just the biggest nerd when I get around these chefs. I'm more starstruck by them than I am if I met George Clooney. <laughs> so. Well, it's, I mean, you know, you're, you're both um, doing your work in an era in which chefs have become celebrities. So there was probably a time where you'd build restaurants and uh, it would just be another business. But now the, these are celebrities with their own TV shows. And So when right? Capital first started years ago, uh, 1988, um, one of the first restaurants that kind of put us on the map was uh, Lydia Shire's Biba, and, and she was a big name at the time. And then Todd English came along, and yeah. so those were—that's when celebrity chefs were started to become more prominent in Boston, and then um, it sort of took off from there. It's great. Yeah. Well, Adam, we're going to let you go enjoy. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Me. Thanks for your support of this over the years, and Our pleasure. Th thanks for building so many great restaurants at Capco. Thanks. Nice to finally Thanks. meet you. Great to meet you, too. So we've been joined by Lacey Berrien. Hello. Where's your friend David Miller? Isn't he? He is on his way. He's on his way. Okay, so he's going he's gonna <laughs> to pull up hour. with us. As well. Have you met Tanya? Have you Hi. Met Tanya Hi. MCs so this event. Nice to meet you. Uh, Lacey Barron's doing one of the coolest things that has happened to share strength and taste of the nation in a long time, which is she's co-chairing uh, an effort that is called Boston Society, if I have that right. But the whole idea is to bring more young people into this wow. effort. Um, so tell us about how you got involved. Tell us about the inspiration for that. Tell us how it's going. Yes, absolutely. So I've been really lucky to have been involved with uh, Share Our Strength and No Kid Hungry for a while. Um, I started off as volunteer chair for Taste the Nation and with Dave Miller, who will be joining shortly, um, we realized that there is a need for um, more young people to be involved in the whole charity. and. An example is an event like this, you don't see as many people that we would love to see, and it's a great cause, and once you get people here, they're addicted. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're really culturing and fostering the next generation of um, givers. So how are you doing that? So we, um, it's been a few iterations, but um, one of the things that we're trying to do is do smaller scale events. So in um, January, 
we did a food fight. So it's a oh, small price fun. of admission, um, some, a new restaurant in Back Bay, super fun, um, and just invited all of our friends to tell them a little bit more about it. Um, we most recently had a event at um, Spoke Shop, at Andy Husband's Spoke Shop. He is a great partner to us, um, along with his wife. And so really just trying to get the word out there and have a few different levels of membership so that people can get involved. And what's the pitch that you make to a person who maybe doesn't know about, you know, Share Strength of the No Kid Hungry campaign yet? Well, <laughs> we basically say, you know, this is a solvable problem. Um, there are so many children going hungry and it doesn't take a lot of money to help solve that problem. And we can help do that in fun ways, such as having events like Taste the Nation and food fights, um, small scale that really, really make a difference um, and help you get involved for the rest of your life. One of the things I love, Tanya, about Lacey's involvement is that she is kind of a second-generation Berrien family member. Her dad, Jim Berrien, is on our board of directors and has been a supporter of ours for a long time, has built many invaluable corporate partnerships. And when he first told me about Lacey, uh, I would say he raved about you, Lacey, even more than a dad usually does. <laughs> I, you know, you can usually discount a dad talking about their kids that way, but um, he seems awfully proud of you, and I think for good reason. Thank you. Well, it's really, um, and that's what I mean, I feel lucky. I think I've, I've known about this cause for so long, and I've always wondered how I could get involved. And I think the thing is, is that if you don't have a lot of money to spend, you don't need to do a big, a big donation, you can volunteer. And that means just as much to, to us and to the cause. Well, what I think is really special about you, Lacey, is that you work full-time job. You do this as another job. <laughs> you know, and everybody has a million things going on in their lives, but when you find something that you connect with that makes you feel so good, can you tell people about that feeling, about how good it feels and how contagious it is? Yes, absolutely. It really does feel amazing. Um, so as I said, I started as the volunteer chair, and so getting people to come and volunteer for this event, I have friends doing it, and, and yeah, it is absolutely a time commitment, but I think seeing people, when they understand what this cause means and what they can do to help is just so amazing. And I think, you know, it. my friend spoke, said it best last year when he said, he came and he said, I cannot believe I've never been here before. I've been looking forward to this all year long. That's so exciting. And if this has been going on for 30 years now, right? Yes. This uh, So Share Our Strength is 34 years old, and about three or four years in, we started this idea of Taste of the Nation. And there are a handful of cities, uh, Boston's right up there, that have done this for almost the entire wow. time. So, so you've yeah. probably, probably been coming since you were little. Yes. I mean, I've been coming to uh, Share Our Strength events, absolutely. I think I've been to Taste the Nation for the past at least seven years. I've been in Boston for eight. So, yes. And it's been amazing to see how it expands and just continues to grow. Um, I mean, you can if, if anyone's here, they have the line right now is out the door and it's so, so exciting. <laughs> it's crazy. This is a sold-out event. And if you can hear any of this noise, that people are waiting to... You know, be able to navigate into the hallway, which is packed. Um, Lacey, I was going to ask you, separate from this event, just as a um, young person connected to the restaurant scene in Boston, what are you excited about? How does that, uh, what are your favorites? Um, you know, where do you think things are going in terms of food here? So I'm so excited to see all these amazing restaurants in one place. And that's actually part of the way I describe it is where are you going to have Sweet Cheeks, Oya, oh yeah, Myers and Chang all in one place. You're not. Toro. Um, right. So having that um, is just so, I'm so excited to see that. I'm really excited to see the more the smaller boutique restaurants that are popping up. Um, I just tasted a new place in Fenway I'd never even heard of. So 
discovering the new places that are popping up all around and the, the fresh food that they're serving and, and also, the, again, the commitment that it, I mean, it's a big commitment for them to be here and they all come back year after year and I think that that speaks volumes. That's such a good point. You know, they're, they're putting food out there for 1,500 guests coming right. through. I mean, that is a that, big right? commitment. And, and you're right, they come right. back every year. I know, what have you had so far? Well, I got here, and we, we just tasted the salmon just, tartare. Yeah, I just tasted brisket. It might have been from Sweet Cheeks, in fact. I'm not even sure, but it was delicious. Oh. Uh, and we've been asking our guests what their strategy is for navigating an event like this. You, you, as a veteran of these, you must have yes. a strategy. I grabbed a map the first thing. I looked at a few that, I, that looked particularly interesting to me and made sure that I stopped by those. And then the key is also just a few bites, and you got to pace yourself, or by 7 p.m., <laughs> They're going to be rolling you out of here. And I don't even think I got to the sweets table last year. So that is my It's a goal. Strategy. It is my goal <laughs> yes. for tonight, which is a really lofty goal. I think, what, you know, what usually does me in, uh, Tanya, is I get, I'm, I'm very good at the beginning, and then I get a second wind. And right before <laughs> I leave, which is probably the worst time to be doing this, yeah. you know, I decide I've got to hit all my favorites one more time. Well, I dance up a storm. So I love the band. And I'm always out there. I'll eat a little bit, then I dance, and I'm ready to eat some more. The band is very popular. They are. That is a good idea. Also, the walk from the registration to the to the food places are also helps the walk back and forth. It unless, gives you a little exercise. Unless you take that pedicab. Yes. Yeah, now I'm surprised that everybody's waiting for the pedicab. I don't know if they know that they're allowed to walk down, but there's a there's <laughs> right. quite a backup here, and um, it's actually not that far of a walk. Um, any other plans for uh, Boston Society that we should know about in terms of what the future holds? And do you have a do you, do you have a way of counting how many? young people are involved with it? So we are really just getting started. Um, I will say we have two levels of involvement that I think um, would be great for people to know. So the first level is a member and it's a $100 commitment a year. Um, the second is a little bit of a higher and that's uh, $2,500 a year. You're a trustee, you get um, a percentage off of, off of taste tickets, you get your own codes that you can track your progress. Um, I think we were really excited. We sold about, we sold over 50 tickets for the, this event, um, which was really exciting that for us as exciting. we keep going. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. And um, and again, seeing the people who now bought tickets last year and want to buy them again. Um, and then I think we just really want to plan for the year and see how we can get the word out there. Um, I was talking to someone about it already tonight and people are, you know, once you explain it, they, they get excited. So would love to keep that momentum going. Well, our future depends on this, so we're really <laughs> no excited pressure. that you're doing yeah, it. No pressure. Um, yeah. Okay, they've decided to let uh, everybody walk down. Oh, good. Ta Tanya, you know what I want to do is I want to take advantage of the fact that you've got this design expertise to understand a little bit more about how, uh, in terms of restaurant design, how does it actually work? Does a restaurateur say to you or a chef say to you, here's the, the, the message that I'm trying to get across, here's the feel that I want for my restaurant? You're so brilliant at this. Oh, thanks. Um, and, and how does that process between the two of you work? I've, I've actually never heard anybody describe that. I think that is such a great question, Billy. You know, there's a lot of factors that play into it. You know, we are dealing with someone's budget, someone's time, but it's so important to me as a designer that I'm actually sitting down with the chef. It's not just about the owner, it's about the chef. It's also understanding what's in the area, you know, what the demographic is, who's coming in here, what do they want to convey. But I need to know what's on that menu in order to make it cohesive. 
So you actually have to know about the food. I try to. Wow. Sometimes That's a nice they job. Don't. Yeah. That's a good, nice job. Sometimes they don't know. Do you, yet, do you need an assistant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I might be reconsidering my career. Right, right. Exactly. Or maybe it's just what I say to them, just so I can get a little inside scoop. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it's just uh, I worked in the service industry for many years, so I actually do understand the function of how a bar should be set up, where the hostess should be, or the host, and what the lighting, the ambient lighting, it, it all plays a factor. And then you throw that food in there, and and magic happens. So. And is there ever a time where, uh, is it a negotiation? Uh, sometimes you have a vision that's not the same as your, your customers or your clients? Well, if you can imagine what I design restaurants for my husband, too, right? right? right. That, that's always very interesting. <laughs> so it's that pick and choose your battles kind of moment. So I guess just like it would be at home. But yeah, yeah of course, everybody has a budget. But I'm, I'm always very conscious of that because, because we are restaurateurs, because we have restaurants, I'm very well aware of... You know, you, you want it to look and feel a certain way, but you also need to make money. It's a business, you know, and so we, we try to give them that luxury feel without it, uh, without compromising the style on and, their budget. And is it the kind of thing where, like any um, artist, really, uh, that your your vision and your art evolves from, like, when you look back at some of your first designs, <laughs> do you think, like... Oh my gosh! I, you know, I wish heck? I, yeah. you know, knew then what I knew now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess it all comes with experience, right? right? So, so I definitely learn as I go along. I definitely understand. You know, I love when I have repeat clients because I really get to know them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we work with uh, the Wolves, and they they have restaurants in Newburyport, the Point. Um, uh, we're doing another one called Door Door Seven. We we have a few with them that we've worked on, and I'm getting to know them better. I've done about 12 Roots Chris Steakhouses now. They're revamping a whole bunch across the country. The more I do with them, the more I understand their standards. So it's nice, you know, when you get those repeats, it's always good. Well, you're really good at what you do. Well, and that <laughs> feeling means so much too. When you go into a restaurant and you feel like you're home or you know you, right. you want to go back every you want to make it your neighborhood restaurant right right that's true. right like I, I feel the same way I don't always have to have the fanciest or the best food if I feel like I'm in a place that just feels comfortable Absolutely. to me and I just you know just appreciate the kind of vibe yeah. of it I won't put you on the spot here and ask so. you what your favorite restaurants to go to are in Boston <laughs> no it's hard although I have to say you know we're a little biased to, well obviously to the the chefs who are most involved with us yes. uh, and maybe it's because they make us feel at home but <laughs> yeah. whether it's you know Andy husbands at uh, in the smoke shop now or, or Joanne Chang and her husband Christopher Myers at Myers and Chang and the flower bakeries there's so many i just saw uh, jason santos who i think you said right, you well, designed his new we're, restaurant well, we're, which we're partners your partners, yeah, we're partners. Um, yeah. and he's an incredible guy mm -hmm. um so yeah there's there's quite a few uh and we are going to be joined in a moment can you stick around a couple minutes Lacey? are you okay to st yes, stick, around stick around okay well Listen, david miller's going to join us um Hi. david miller you are the other co-chair of boston society we've been talking about it uh, Lacey Varian's been bragging about it. Um, I've been saying that this is, you know, really the future of Share Our Strength and Taste of the Nation and our No Kid Hungry campaign to have a new generation of people who are embracing this as their own. Uh, tell us, David, how you, how you got involved. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, glad to be here. Um, I think living in Boston, there's so many different opportunities for young people to get involved with a million different charities. And... Um, I was fortunate enough to grow up with a family that was involved with No Kid Hungry. And for me, uh, I was frustrated to hear that a number of my friends and a number of my peers were not familiar with the organization. Um, so Lacey and I had been talking about it, and we decided um, there needs to be a way to spread awareness amongst our generation and the, the younger group. 
Um, so we thought this would be a great way to do it and, and try to get uh, more people of our age involved, especially with such an amazing asset, um, all these. What is the age range that you guys are targeting? We've sort of, I, I think we're not picky, <laughs> but I think we've even talked about people as young as 18 going into college, and that's where I said they might not have be able to put the monetary commitment, but they can volunteer to, I'd say, 34, but we have people involved who are older than that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, 18 to 40 even. Um, but really, it's just, it's people who have maybe not heard of it before or have heard of it, but don't know how they can get involved. Um, I think that that's really what we're aiming yeah, to Can do. we call it like a startup within <laughs> No Kid Hungry? Right, yeah. right. We're I love figuring that. it out, and we are looking for people that are passionate about the problem that No Kid Hungry is solving, but want to roll their sleeves up and get involved instead of write a check today. So how do they get involved then? If somebody is listening right now and they want to get involved, what do they have to do? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of a number of different ways. Um, over the last year, we've done a, a couple of different events, um, whether it's uh, Cooking Matters, and we're sort of our, our nutrition education program. Exactly, trying to organize um, cooking matters for specifically for Boston Society. Um, we also did a, a, a couple of events that sort of the, the goal of those events is to spread awareness. So they're not actually No Kid Hungry sanctioned events. They're events where we sort of participate um, sort of a, a wide spectrum. Yeah, and that was so, and that was earlier in the fall, we partnered with Wanderlust. Um, so that was, No Kid Hunger was involved, and then we kind of tagged on, and it was actually amazing to see, because people, when they hear about, when they hear about No Kid Hungry, they can't help but want to be involved. I mean, you talk about feeding hungry children. Um, but it's just getting that awareness out there to a different type of demographic even. So I think that that's what's been great about Dave and me partnering together is we do have a lot of similar friends, but I think we've been really trying to be purposeful about how we expand beyond that and beyond just the, you know, I work in PR, Dave's in sales, so more than just those types of people. Um, and if really people want to get involved, they can email us at bostonsocietynkh at gmail.com. BostonSocietyNKH at gmail.com. Yes. Fantastic. My nice little Good. plug. Now, Dave, you, <laughs> That's you, what we're looking for. You've also got um, a little bit of a restaurant pedigree, right? Um, you know, you, you and um, uh, Lacey are kind of stars in your own right, but uh, you've also got uh, parents who have been involved with us. Tell us about the restaurant background for your family. Yeah, so uh, my father, Jim, comes from an extensive restaurant background. Um, was it a, I think a founding member of Bertucci's, uh, Baldini's Pizza, and then uh, Fire and Ice. And Steve's uh, Ice Cream, right? Steve's Ice Cream, Steve's probably, ice cream, which actually is really <laughs> maybe best known. Yeah, in, most, in most famously Steve's Ice Cream, although uh, unfortunately uh, I was never old enough to, to enjoy that, or at least remember enjoying it. Um, but I think that was, you know, that was sort of how this all got started, is that as we've seen, you know, obviously with events like tonight's, that the chefs have used um, no Kid Hungry as their means of giving back, something that connects to what they do on a daily basis, resonates with them. And while well, my, my father and my family have been sort of less involved over the years with restaurants, um, the problem still rests. I'm probably more involved philanthropically, though, as this business interests uh, diminished. I think your family's community engagement increased, which is a good thing for all the kids we serve. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you guys are doing this. I really do. You know, I was reading up about you both, and I find you both 
very interesting and so encouraging <laughs> to see you. that you're getting involved like this. Well, and we have to find, one of the next things we have to do is we have to find a way for the two of you to help us recruit more of you in other cities because we don't have a, um, a companion to Boston society and all the other cities where we do taste. So you've got your hands full here we're in and we're grateful pilot. for that, but we've got, we've got even bigger ambitions for you. So <laughs> thank you. forward to it. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, David us. Miller, Lacey Berrien. Thanks for being on ad passion and stir. Look who's coming up. Oh, this is great because we've got, I guess the first chef of the night. We've talked to a lot of folks, but we haven't talked to a chef yet, and we've got Tiffany Faison here. Hi, Tiffany, welcome. Good, good to see you Good guys. to see you, too. Um, Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Thank My you pleasure. so much for supporting Share Our Strength, and just kind of congratulations on the great success you've had with both Sweet Cheeks and Tiger Mama. Oh, thank you. Incredible. And yeah, we um, love it. We love being here. It's awesome. Tell us about your path. You worked some for some amazing chefs uh, as part of your kind of coming up in the industry. Now you've got these two incredibly popular and fabulous restaurants. How did did you know from the beginning you were going to be a, a chef or oh, restaurateur? No. Oh, how did it happen? Lord, no, no, uh, accidental. I was the accidental chef tourist. That is um, just crazy to hear. Yeah, accidental crazy chef to hear. tourist. Yeah. I love that. Um, no, I started cooking. Um, I had been in restaurants growing up. You know, I was 14, like working as the fountain girl in a 50s diner. Like, like yeah, the whole. It's exactly what you think it was um, and just kept working in restaurants in the front of the house and um, was a bar manager for a little while and then actually 9-11 happened and I had um, I'd never sort of had to think about my own mortality what made me happy what didn't and if you remember how much it shook us all at that time were you living in Boston at I that was. time I was okay. I actually interestingly enough I um, this is such an interesting story I was a manager for the new Ritz Carlton. It was just built. They moved all of the managers into the hotel to live there while we were opening the hotel. And just randomly, I was in between apartments. I was fairly new to the city. And I was leaving um, an apartment that I had shared with someone and moving to another apartment. So I was, I, I had about a week in between that I was living at the Ritz Carlton. And it happened when I was living there. And they evacuated the entire building. So I was wandering around Boston for about 36 hours with nowhere to go and no family, no real friends to speak of. I had only been here for like four months. Scary feeling. So yeah, it was scary, but it also had a lot of time to think. A lot of time. Um, and I wanted to stay in the industry. I wanted something that fed my creative nature. Um, and I didn't know what was next. It was not like I had this moment where I thought, oh, I'll be a chef. Um, I started working at Bonfire, which was um, a Todd English restaurant, as a busser. Like, they had hired yeah. everyone. This is in the back bay yeah, yeah. at the hotel. Yep. The only job I could get was a busser, so I took the job. And um, then quickly got promoted to being a runner. Yay me. And then started working <laughs> the as an expediter. big buck started rolling. Really? <laughs> I mean, I was rolling in it. It was great. Um, and then started as an expediter, which is the liaison between the kitchen and, and the front of the house. And but that's a, that's a hard job. Oh, it's such an interesting job, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's a lot about making sure, obviously, it's making sure the food goes to the right tables. It's timing. It's making sure you, you kind of call the game. You know, the two positions in the in the restaurant that I think are unsung heroes that really call the game are the, the front desk and the expediter. They really determine how the night's going to go. At any rate, I was uh, started expediting, kept watching the kitchen, was really fascinated by it, 
and then asked if I could learn a station. And when they stopped laughing, he said, sure, but when you quit, you have to come back and still be the expediter. You can't quit. But they obviously thought very highly of you to let you go in there and do it. Oh, no, I think they thought I was going to quit. I don't think they thought highly of me at all. It's very sweet. I like that you think that. But um, no, I think they just thought um, I would be overwhelmed and quit quickly. And to be sure, I was overwhelmed. Uh, I hated it. I hated every second of it. And I just refused to quit. And by the time I looked up and I didn't hate it, I had completely fallen in love with it. So, um, so yeah, that's that's how it all started. And, and what was the spark or how did you design and decide what your own restaurant was going to look like and be? It's a, that's a great question. I was um, looking for a space. I knew that I wanted my own restaurant. Um, I was ready to open it. And I kept looking for a space. And I really... Um, Before Sweet Cheeks, I was committed to this idea of, like, my very bespoke restaurant. Like, this is my, like, kind of led with my ego, to be honest. I wanted this, like, this is who I am. This is very, like, I wanted everyone to, this this is how I cook. And and look at me. And it felt, you know, I, I don't think I knew that that's really where I was coming from at the time. And I thought... Um, at some point, I would love to open a, like a barbecue restaurant in Boston, but that was like, you know, after I do this very fancy, very important restaurant, I'll do this, you know, this barbecue restaurant and Sunday restaurant, whatever you want to call it. And um, walked into the space that is now Sweet Cheeks and had just, it just came over me like a wave, like one of those moments of, right. if you don't do this now, you're an idiot. Wow. Um, and then Sweet Cheeks changed everything for me. It really stripped me of my ego. Um, Why is that? I got to see how much people enjoyed the food, enjoyed each other. Um, You know, there's something about picking up a rack of ribs with your hands and having barbecue sauce all over your face that you are, it's not, there's no self-consciousness. There's no pretense. It really is just people, friends, family, hanging out, having a good time. Getting their hands dirty. Getting their hands dirty, right. And I started to really understand a deeper connection with food through watching people not worry about themselves, not have to care about what they were wearing when they walked into the restaurant, not have to grapple with the difficult wine list, none of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it was all stripped away and it really was just hospitality and food. Um, and that changed how I wanted to move forward in my career. Really, I wanted to create an inviting environment wherever I was that was fun, the food was delicious, and it never made anyone feel self-conscious. Isn't it crazy how you started out busing and then, you know, you got it to put up got put into a station and you hated it but <laughs> but all of a sudden when it clicks it clicks and yes. it's like you just can't work enough sometimes although sometimes I think we all probably work too much and need to slow down and it would figure out a way but at the same time like you love what you do so much and it, it's so evident just by eating your food you. I always say sweet. you can tell when you know you go to a restaurant you can taste the love in mm. someone's food and yours mm-hmm. is one of those yeah. you know you really can taste the love it's like sometimes you go to a restaurant and the meal is just it's okay but it's because yep. someone's cooking it and they don't care yeah you know yeah and i think to your point you know this you both know this you find something that fits and it really is your life's calling and your life's purpose fits like a glove and it gives you your whole life like my best friends i've met through cooking mm-hmm. i went my wife through cooking you know everything i have in my life um, really comes from um, from cooking in my career, you know. So, so speaking of food, what yeah. are you serving tonight? Oh, so my pastry chef is actually um, we're fo- we're featuring her tonight. So okay. I usually am fairly prominent at this stuff. I would really like to have an opportunity for her to get her name out there. It's Dee Stefan Chen, and we're doing pudding pops. So she mm. we have a coconut pudding pop and a chocolate pudding pop, and then options of dipping them into magic shell and then rolling them in cookie crumbles, fruity pebbles. Magic shell. Yes. Tanya, I think I know where we're headed. <laughs> yeah, right away. When we're done here. We really, again, just, you know, really inviting people to have a good time and just enjoy themselves. So. And I like that it's playful. I mean, so a playful. pudding pop, yes. magic shell, and you just feel like you're a kid again. Lots of fun. Um, 
Tiffany, I don't want to miss the opportunity to both thank you for your generosity uh, and your commitment to the work that we do uh, with Hungry Kids and the No Kid Hungry campaign. You're also, uh, you've, you've got other uh, important causes, and I know that you're a passionate advocate of LGBTQ rights yep. uh, and human rights. Just tell us a little bit about that before we let you get back to, to your, your day job. Sure, and it's our pleasure. We're always thrilled to be partnered with No Kid Hungry. Um, it, it, we're chefs, and people going hungry breaks our heart. That's who we are. And so I think we all respond to this very personally. Um, I've always been, a, a, you know, a joke, but not really joke. I was raised by, raised by drag queens. You know, I sort of grew up in Northern California. My coming out process was in the Castro in San Francisco in the most free, like, flamboyant, great way. Um, I was very lucky. Uh, other people are not as lucky. So mm-hmm. there are parts of um, the world and parts of our country it's not safe for LGBTQ plus individuals to live their lives freely and identify the way that they feel and, and, and um, have that freedom. And so for me... Um, I believe both, you know, with LGBTQ population, also with women, um, my job is to make it easier for the next generation so they don't have to think one, they don't have to even pause about who they are. They can just give their art, give their spirit and their love to the world without having to consider their safety or consider anything that, you know, politically around, um, around the politics of who people really are. So that's important to me. This is what we were just talking about when, when you find that, um, something that connects with you you just you're all in you know you give back here with no kid hungry because you're a chef and you feed people yeah you know and and right there what you were just talking about with lgbtq and giving back and something that you're you're passionate and right there with yeah no that's my they're my people um and so um Mm -hmm. again it's it's i think if you are fortunate enough to be given a voice and have a platform um, for me, there is not another option there is not an option to be silent or be quiet it really is about creating um space and creating like you know getting through all of the red tape and doing everything i can to make life easier for others that, that might struggle um i think there, there, there's a wedding about, there is a, a wedding, wedding happening here. right now right here Wait, I think uh, I, we I might get the bride and groom to come over somewhere. here and say a word about yes. why they're getting married here this is a first for share our strength it's a first for a taste of the nation event and um i'm thrilled that they've chosen us I love can it. we talk about so, this idea oh, and, eric and Farrah, hold on but right? yeah we're gonna we're gonna give yes, them a microphone yes, 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 we yes. might have to give them yours no, tiffany and we'll let you get it. back to work course, thank you guys, for thank using you your much. platform the way so you do congratulations hi welcome bride hi so so glad to have you can can you join us for even just a moment this is i was just saying this is a first for share our strength uh a first for any taste of the nation event you're are you actually getting married tonight Yes. We got married just now. You got now. married tonight, just, like just now. And yep. how did you decide to do this at a Taste of the Nation event? Trying to do it. Go ahead. And please, sure. tell me your name. Uh, Eric. Eric. Yes. Great. So um, I was lucky enough that Farrah said yes. <laughs> and um, as far as share our strength, it, I got to tell you, in Taste of the Nation, um, for us, you know, we're used to giving back to our communities. Um, you know, Farrah is a Boston public school teacher. And, you know, seeing the students she sees every day. Mm, wow. Um, this is something that it's really honestly been just something over the years that we've done. Um, I give to other, you know, um, organizations and food rescues myself. So, um, it, and it was one of our date spots. And, and the one. food is amazing. And food is yes, yes, yes. And the food's <laughs> and great. it's honestly, it's such a splendid event. And you know that, you know... The, the proceeds are going towards something really strong, mm-hmm. really amazing. Um, no kid hungry. Um, you know, being a teacher, I feel like I look at my students and 
there's such an impact when they're not when they're hungry and fed or when they're when they're fed they're able to learn what, That's what, right. what grade do you teach um, right now first grade in Boston Public Schools yes so you know it's and so you you, you probably bear witness to this awesome. more directly than most people ever do I see it I see it. it I see the change when you know you the children need their basic needs and and hunger is one of the er, being fed is one of them so thank you so much for doing this thank you so much for having this wonderful event um and, and just you, babbling now well you, you and you guys you yeah. don't you don't just get married at a different charitable event every night right we're special this is <laughs> yeah. this is it this is yeah. a one-time thing we only do it once you only do it once well we're so honored that you've done it here and thank you for your support Congratulations. And thank you for the work thank you. that you did thank eric you. what's your work um, I work with um, the senior care, seniors and elders in nursing and rehab centers. Okay. So, so he works yeah. with old people yeah. and I work, I work with, with the yeah. young people. Yeah. Well, you're both working with vulnerable populations and making a big <laughs> difference. You. So thank you for being here and thanks for your just, you know, loyal championship of the No Kid Hungry thank campaign. You. Really thrilled to have you here. Have we'll let you enjoy. So, have, so this is this is wedding and honeymoon all in one, right? <laughs> it is. Okay, you're wonderful to be here. Thank you. This is really like one of the most special moments I've had at Share Our Strength is to see somebody do what you've done here. So thank you. It is you. extremely special for us as well. So thank you for letting us yes. do this. It was a, a miraculous email when we got it. We we kind of just Fingers put it out there, and, and you know, yeah. thank you. Okay. Well, well, thank you. Cheers to a lifetime of happiness, guys. Yes. Congrats. Thank thanks. And thanks to uh, our producer, Paul Woodle Woody, for having the sense to see you come in and get you to come over here. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Have a great time tonight, guys. You too. Um, and Tanya, we need to wrap up. We, you, you've got MC responsibilities. I want to thank you so much. Before we go, I just want to ask you one other thing, because I know you as the MC of this event and as a restaurant designer. You're also, a, I guess, TV personality is not <laughs> yep. uh, you know, uh, too far of a stretch. You've got some amazing shows. Tell us about what you're doing on TV, uh -huh. either what you've done or what's coming next. Sure. Thank you. You know, um, I have a luckily uh, have had a television career so far and still going for the last 14 years who knew i started off with um, abc family i went to hgtv for 12 years i moved on to the food network which is a big reason why i started to get involved with restaurant design uh, doing a show called restaurant impossible on food network and then uh, i'm currently doing a show every christmas on abc called the great christmas light fight oh i love that yeah and you know just recently i worked with your pal aisha curry yes yeah she's been an amazing supporter right she's so, wonderful and you were doing design work for aisha curry yeah, i got to do a nice project with wow. aisha and hopefully we'll be moving on to doing one for steph next too so doesn't get better than that You're right it doesn't doesn't well you are awesome to be here thank you so much tanya for just all of your support in so many different ways well, and just congrats on the incredible success you're having Thank you. And, you know, Billy, I want to say thank you to you because every single person that sat here today had the same reaction when you said, oh, you know, we're so thrilled to have you be a part of this. Everyone says, of course, you started a wonderful, amazing thing. You look at just looking around. I mean, it just must fill your heart with joy. No, it does. Know. And I love to, you know, to see this many people like literally sharing their strength in so right. many different ways. Um, so it's, thank it's you. Exciting. Thanks. I'm Billy Shore. And I've been with Tanya Nayak, and you've been listening to Add Passion and Stir from our Boston Taste of the Nation event. <laughs> now let's eat.